The following is for entertainment purposes only and does not constitute as replacement for professional help or therapy. A playlist original. Whatever the reason why crabs engage in this self-defeating behavior, they at least have the excuse that they're operating on instinct. But what's the excuse for humans? Because people do this to each other all the time. Crab mentality is a zero-sum way of thinking, summed up by the belief that if I can't have it, neither will you. There are plenty of individuals, but also families and groups of people, who do everything in their power to destroy or to undermine the ambitions of anyone who tries to improve themselves. Try to rise above, and sure as sugar is sweet, someone will try to tear you down. When you attempt to do something in a new and better way, or perhaps you're working to escape limiting conditions of living, or to rise above self-defeating thoughts, mostly folks will ignore you, as long as you're not succeeding. Because then you're just a crackpot, a deluded dreamer, a fool who just doesn't understand the way the real world works. But when your efforts start to pay dividends, when you stick your head above the rim of the bucket and get a glimpse of the exciting potential beyond, crab people get nervous. And when they get nervous, they start attacking. So who are the crab people in our lives? Crab people are found everywhere. But sadly, it's often those who are nearest and dearest to us who have the most power to impact negatively on our plans. Most families have beliefs about themselves, and dysfunctional families usually have negative beliefs. For example, we just can't hold on to money, or we're a family of drinkers, all right, or we're not uppity, good enough is good enough for us, or we were born in the ghetto and that's where we'll die, or the men in this family are losers. So family members might get uncomfortable when one member begins disproving the family rule or belief. But this type of thinking is not limited to families. You'll find crab people at work too. Members of work teams might resent those who work harder or who come up with great ideas or apply for promotions. Many trade unions, for example, demand across-the-board increases which de-incentivize individual achievement. Wanting to rise above the work strata you started in may be viewed as being disloyal or as sucking up to management. There may be career groups where alternative thinkers are labeled as mavericks or dangerous or unprofessional. The field of medicine, for example, is rife with this kind of thing. Different specialities deride each other, and traditional allopathic medicine tends to dismiss or mock alternative or complementary approaches. Often the first individuals to demand change or to hypothesize a different way of doing things are the ones who get the worst criticism and the most negative reaction, and history is full of such examples. Think of poor old persecuted Galileo Galilei and Copernicus, who insisted that the Earth revolved around the Sun rather than the other way around, and Charles Darwin, who hypothesized that species evolved and was met with derision, dismissal from his professional colleagues, and personal attacks on his character and integrity. And this was before Twitter. 
Dr. Ignaz Semmelweis was ignored and belittled for urging his fellow doctors to wash their hands before attending to birthing mothers in obstetric clinics and was committed to an insane asylum for his efforts to pioneer antiseptic measures. English welfare campaigner Emily Hobhouse devoted herself to improving the conditions of British concentration camps housing Boer women and children in the Second Anglo-Boer War in South Africa, but was met with scathing hostility and criticism when she returned home. American aviatrix Amelia Earhart became the first female pilot to cross the Atlantic, despite massive opposition from those who believed that the cockpit was no place for a woman. While Steve Jobs and Steve Wozniak pioneered personal computers, despite being told that there was a worldwide market for only a handful of these. Famous last words, am I right? There are endless groupings, professional, geographical, political, economic, religious, cultural, and even racial, where bucking the established patterns is seen as being disloyal, as a betrayal of your roots, your group affiliation or religion, or the cause. You may be labeled selfish or a sellout, and you may be guilt-tripped into falling back into the bucket. Your affiliations are set up as an either-or proposition. You're either with us or you're against us. And if you're with us, don't try to change things. Don't try to go one better than the rest of us. Just who do you think you are? They'll demand angrily. As if who you are cannot be better. So how do crab people pull us back into the bucket? The crab people who feel less than have many ways to make those who seem sick to escape, to grow or succeed, feel less than too. They might criticize you, shame you or label you as crazy, a traitor, deluded, etc. These days, of course, they might do this via social media, which amplifies their mean derogatory messages. The attacks can range from subtly critical comments all the way through to physical attacks and even murder. Remember Malala Yousafzai? She became Pakistan's leading activist for female education and the youngest ever Nobel Prize laureate after being shot in the head by a Taliban gunman for attending school and speaking out in support of education for girls. Crab people often attack the aspect of you that is winning you success or attention, saying something like, you're not as clever as you think you are, or perhaps guys don't like girls who are too clever, to someone who's achieving academically, or to someone who's entering the modeling profession, you're not attractive, I don't know what they see in you, or you're so vain. Instantly, the victim is tempted to act stupid, underperform, find ways of looking utterly average or to hide their light under a bushel. But crab people can also attack you for something tangential, something not directly related to the aspect of you they envy, because ultimately their goal is to damage or destroy your self-esteem and confidence. If you lose faith in yourself, you'll allow yourself to fall right back into the bucket, not believing you have what it takes to make it out there. Moreover, you'll serve as a warning to others. Malala took a stand and look what happened to her. I'd better keep my head down. Why do people do this to each other? 
Human motivations for pulling others down are easier to understand than the mysterious workings of the crustacean mind. Crab people usually have a win-lose orientation to life. You've heard the saying, misery loves company. These folks feel inferior and would rather nobody win if they themselves can't. And for them to feel like winners, well, others must lose. Unfortunately, when interactions between people or ideology or nations are dominated by this competitive approach, rather than a cooperative win-win attitude, nobody wins in the long run. Crabs in the bucket is the ultimate lose-lose scenario. Crab people also tend to have a scarcity mentality rather than a mindset of abundance. They believe that everything, resources, success, opportunities, potential love partners, money, freedom, is in short supply. And they're more likely to get a bigger portion of the good stuff if they ensure you don't. It's like thinking of the world and its opportunities as a finite pizza pie. The bigger your slice, the less there is for me. Except the world doesn't work this way. Opportunities are abundant, probably infinite. There's a reason why we speak of making money and creating opportunities. There isn't a pre-existing limited pie of the good stuff that needs to be shared up between us. The more we succeed, the more we create, the more we employ and spend and spread the good stuff around. Remember how one of the hypotheses for why crabs behave as they do is that they're trying to protect each other? Well, the same is true of humans. Sometimes crab people are acting with the best of intentions. They're trying to protect you from failing or getting hurt, making a fool of yourself or losing your shirt in a new venture or being vulnerable outside the protection of the known gang. Be careful, is their constant message. It's dangerous out there. Unfortunately, though, their intentions might be kind or honorable, the net effect is the same. You develop a crisis of confidence, which prevents you from surmounting your barriers, and you stay trapped in your own bucket. A less obvious reason that motivates crab people is that the success of one, one individual or family or organization, is a challenge to those who don't succeed. They may have told themselves that their failure or stagnation is due to being trapped or constricted by circumstances beyond their control. And partly, of course, it is. When you grow up poor or without access to resources or in a group that's discriminated against, it's much harder to succeed than when you're born and bred into privilege. But the error is in thinking it's impossible to escape. It's an easy belief to adopt because it lets you off the hook of striving and doing the hard work of lifting yourself out the bucket. The success story is uncomfortable then because it demonstrates that success is in fact possible and that crab people might be clinging to excuses rather than reasons or that they may have given up and succumbed to helplessness and hopelessness. When you succeed, you're a walking, talking example of what can be accomplished. And those who are determined or content to stay in their comfort zones and complain about how unfair the world is, won't like that. A final reason 
is that it is certainly easier to tear someone down than it is to build yourself up or to tackle the structural inequalities of the big issues that oppress you, such as poverty, racism, inferior education systems, ableism, corporate and government corruption, sexism, and so on. Crab people invest their energy in criticizing others rather than in coming up with solutions or alternatives. So bottom line, critics believe it's easier to level the playing fields by knocking someone down than by lifting themselves up. And here's a horrible thought. I'd like to point out that when crabs start pulling each other down and holding each other back, those who have a vested interest in preserving the status quo where only a few are benefited are delighted because now you're fighting with each other instead of tackling the real source of the problem. In therapy, we say the abuser's work is done when the victim starts abusing themselves. In this broader context, the oppressor's work is done when the oppressed no longer allow each other to rise up and defy their circumstances. The really sad thing is that the crabs in the bucket have everything they need to allow all of them to escape. If they worked together to boost the first crab and then that one extended a leg to help the next, they could build a ladder-like chain of escape. But instead of cooperating, they compete. Rather than building up, they tear down. Rather than helping, they hinder. And in the end, they all stay stuck. So other people might be comfortable with your staying just where you are and the way you are. The question is, are you? Climbing up the walls of your bucket will be hard work, but you can do it. Shake off those who try to undermine your confidence. There's an old Chinese proverb that says, the person who says it cannot be done should not interrupt the person already doing it. Right, so it's time to put all this good theory into practice. Here are some action steps. I think there are six of them. Number one, what is your bucket? Put some time and effort into identifying anything that holds you back. What beliefs, living conditions, family attitudes or patterns, structural inequalities, disabilities or personality traits keep you stuck? Make a list. Number two, who are your crabs? Who holds you back? Who doesn't want you to escape or to succeed? Remember, some of them may be people who love you and care about your welfare and might believe they're only trying to keep you safe. Who in your circles, family, friends, colleagues, political affiliates, neighbors, church, obstructs or undermines you? What messages do they send your way that really hit home and punch holes in your confidence? Number three, Decide what you want to do about these crabs and their messages. Here are some options. First, you might want to assess their messages. See if there's anything useful you can glean from what they're saying. Then keep that part and discard the rest. For example, people might assert that you can't make a living from being an artist or an actor or a writer. And they insist that you therefore have to stay in your 9 to 5 job in the conventional job market. This is not completely true, but there is an element of useful advice in it. 
So before quitting your day job, perhaps you could save up six months to a year's worth of money to cover your living expenses while you get your new line of work up to speed. Or you could start gradually scaling up your hobby and scaling back your day job until the hobby generates more income than the day job. Secondly, you could confront. Chat to the person you think is pulling you down or holding you back and do it in a calm and non-accusatory way. Say something like, you know, when you tell me it's not possible or that I'll never succeed, it damages my confidence. I know you've seen a lot of the world and you're just trying to protect me and I'd appreciate that, I do. But I'm going to try anyway, even if it means I fail a couple of times along the way, as I probably will. And I'd value your support and encouragement so much more than your cautions. Thirdly, you can always fall back on ignoring them. See their cautionary messages or their critical messages as being a projection of the way they feel rather than believing it says anything about you. As I always used to say to my kids, what other people say and do reflects on them and not on you. Feel free to shake it off. What would the great minds and leaders and artists of history ever have achieved if they'd crumbled in the face of criticism? Another step is to start climbing out of your bucket and keep climbing. Make an action list today of 10 things you'll need to accomplish to take you closer to being free of whatever it is that holds you back from achieving your goals. Now, and this is important, break down each of those items into smaller action steps and keep breaking them down until no step on your list is going to take you longer than half an hour to accomplish. Every day, highlight two of these small tasks and complete them. Viewed as a whole, change can look overwhelmingly difficult and it leaves you so demotivated that you don't even start. But when you break the process down into these bite-sized chunks, it becomes so much easier to imagine and to achieve. Next step, quit acting like a crab. Do you yourself sometimes behave like a crab person? If so, cut that foolishness out right now. You can't lift yourself up by pulling someone else down. You can't fill yourself by emptying another. You can't improve your life by destroying someone else's. Life is not a zero-sum game. Someone else's gain is not your loss. Instead, support the trailblazers, celebrate their success, cheer them on. They are blazing a path that will be easier for you to follow. They are creating a success story which can inspire you. Ask them to mentor you and model yourself after them. Instead of saying, if I can't have it, neither can he, say, if he can do it, so can I. Go a step further and pay it forward by giving that person a supportive leg up. And lastly, if you're the crab that escaped, pay it back. Reach back down and give someone else a hand up. If you're already out of the bucket, throw back a lifeline and try to assist those who are still stuck. Just don't let them pull you back in, huh? Become a mentor and a guide. Share what you've learned and help when you can. And replace your scarcity mindset with a belief in abundance. 
A scarcity mindset is especially common to those who grew up in impoverished circumstances. That's how it was for you back then. But it's not how it has to be now or in the future. You can choose to believe differently. Craft an affirmation for yourself that addresses your bucket restrictions. If, for example, your lack of confidence holds you back, tell yourself, I am a strong, confident person. I can do this. If your issue relates to escaping a family tradition of failure, tell yourself, I am strong, talented and successful. Every day my life gets better and better. As with all affirmations, make sure yours is phrased in the first person. I am strong. In the present tense, I am strong, not I will be strong one day. And in the positive, I am strong, not I am helpless. Repeat your new truth to yourself 75 times a day, even if you don't believe it, especially when you don't believe it. One day in the not-too-distant future, you'll realize it's becoming your new reality. What one thing would you like to remember from this story? Here's my takeaway. Crabs don't belong in buckets. It's not their natural habitat. It's not where they thrive. The same is true for you. There's no merit in staying trapped in poverty, ignorance, prejudice, pessimism, failure, or whatever it is that holds you and yours back. Isn't it time you climbed all the way out of your bucket? That's all for today, people. Stay safe and stay fabulous. Playlist Studios present Psych Notes, Volume 1, produced by Joanne McGregor and Maeve Shetty. Recorded at Playlist Studios. Senior Editor, Benjamin Stanton Bridge. Directed by Joanne McGregor.